Welcome to another episode of NY Giants Rush, where we talk about, what else? New York Giants football for 52 weeks of the year. I don't know, maybe there's a week spread in there that um, uh, we're not here, but I can't really tell you that there is one. 52 weeks a year, I'm here, you're here. We're going to talk Giants football. We're going to talk about last night's game. It is now Dallas, Miami, San Francisco, Seattle, and the Bills have all beaten the Giants. Um, It is ugly ugly year thinking last year we were five and one at this time and now we are one and five so there's a lot to talk about we got spartan mike back in the fold now a married man and he's got like you know two weeks of vacation and doing nothing under his belt we're to bring him on um we got alex of course and i know it's a late edition um but i have a very special guest uh, dr gregory hedgepath that's going to join us. Um, so Dr. Hedgepath, uh, believe it or not, is the uh, founder. I'm going to make sure I read this correctly. The founder of Paragon uh, uh, Neuromonitoring. 23 years of working with neurosurgeons and orthopedic spine surgeons. He's going to give us a little insight on Daniel Jones's injury now. And maybe a little bit of what happened last year. So we're going to talk some ortho with him at, at 8.30. Let's bring in the boys and we can talk Giants Bills. Uh, you know and love him. This is Spartan Mike. Like, what's going on? Giants Nations could be back on here. Married man right there. Look at him. Uh, married very, man. I mean, you you look wiser. You look, I don't know. There's something different about you. Uh, the, uh, the, the Giants have uh, destroyed my misery uh, this season. And it's just made me straighten up a little bit, I guess. All right. I was thinking that was maybe- a pretty depressing answer. Now screw that. You're right. I'm I am a little straightened up right now. Just got back from Croatia. I'm all relaxed. I had some fun in the sun. And by the way, this is the crazy thing. Croatia is at the same parallel as New York City, right? Much of the country is actually a lot of it's even further north. They get a Mediterranean climate like Southern California, and we get Siberia. We get this Siberian climate, or whatever the hell you call it, the Four Seasons, if you will. Yeah, and I'm glad that you decided to come back because you could have just said, ah, screw it, I'm not coming back. And you could have just, you know, sold sunglasses on the beach. So we're glad you came and enjoy our misery that is New York Giants football. Let's bring in. Let's bring do in yeah, let's just bring in Alex because Alex is probably like, you know, he, he's got a lot to say today. What's up, Alex? What's going on, guys? Congratulations, Mike. I didn't get the chance to tell you before, but congrats. 
Appreciate that, Alex. Um, guys, all right, let's dig into this. Yeah. Um, Giants lose 14 to nine that last night. Very unique game. Okay. We got a couple things we could talk about. Tyrod, talk about the O-line, we'll talk about Barkley, we'll talk about the defense, um, and, and a couple things. I'd like to start off, and I'm gonna like I got my little banners all made up. The Giants are one in five. At this time last year, we were five and one. So it is a completely different scenario than we were last year. Um, Alice, going to start with you. Um, are you giving up on this team? In, like, I know that there's a, it's going to be hard to win a lot of games, but I've got people rooting against the Giants. It feels foreign to me. I don't ever root against my team. But they're one in five, Alex. Where where are you in this? Like, are you one of those guys? Instant gratification? Ah, I just want them to lose to get a draft pick. Um, no, the draft the draft pick talk is like loser talk to me. And I understand, like, at a certain point, you're like, yeah, okay, we need a franchise quarterback, whatever. But yeah, it's it's early in the season, even at one and five. And like I like this team, I hate this team. This team makes me hate them. And I get like I dread Sundays now. Season, I was excited about Sundays. You get nervous, but like I'm, like, I hate this. So this is gonna be the worst game to watch. But then like 30 minutes before game time, I'm jacked and about to watch the Giants. Like maybe, and you start you start talking yourself into it, and then they just they just punch you in the face the entire game and you just hate it the whole time. So like, I don't know, like last night, at least we weren't blown out. So we were in a game that was, that was different this season. I felt like, like you kind of just like mentally check out like in that dolphins game and in that Cowboys game, like at least we didn't have that. That's one positive from yesterday. Yeah. In fact, you know, it's interesting you say that Alex, because yesterday I kept waiting for the shoe to drop. When are they going to just, when is Josh Allen just going to start throwing BBs and when is like when is Diggs gonna start running up and down the field with nobody covering him? You know what I mean? Like yeah, and it never so you thought the like the wheels would just fall off and like it was gonna be an onslaught of points, right? Uh, I did. Yeah, I did think so. I did think so. Uh, let's make sure we say hello to the folks in the room. I see Juan. I see Mark. I see Joe. I see Jay. I see you guys coming in the room. Uh, thanks for hanging out. Um, you know, yeah, without a doubt. Um, did he, uh, what's up with Alex in the razor Ramon chest hair? I got to put this on here. This is funny. <laughs> he's, he's, I think he's, he was Scott he's, Hall in my generation. He, he had switched over to the NWO and was Scott Hall, but I know razor Ramon was. Yeah. I just threw a hoodie on before I got there. You go. Um, I love it. I love it. Um, yeah. So Spartan, same thing as Alex just said, I was waiting for them, like something to happen. Like I kept waiting. I'm like, is Buffalo like toying with us? Why is why is there not been like four touchdowns? Right. So like, did you feel the same thing? Are you where are you in this one in five scenario? Are you like, look, I know we're only going to win four or five games this year, but I'm cool with it. Like because because I see a lot as Alex said, loser mentality is like just want to lose ten straight games and get and get you know, get kill, uh, CW to be the quarterback, like loser mentality. I, 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 I don't, I don't understand people like that. I don't get people like that. I don't want to work with people like that. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to ever have to be in the trenches with people like that. Where are you? 
Yeah, it's funny. I mean, we see that in basketball a lot, right? And there has been discussions, you know, uh, lately as to whether or not teams are actually going to start doing that in football. I highly doubt it because of the dynamics of the sport. Uh, I, I, I'm trying to remember. I think the Dolphins may have tried throwing a couple games towards the end of uh, the the year a couple years ago. I think the Eagles definitely did. Yeah, and I think the Eagles definitely did that. But it was one game against Washington. You've never seen. And we said, I, I highly doubt we do. What's that? I said, Nate Sudfeld, you motherfucker. <laughs> Whoa, it's a family, family show. Yes, you're 100% right. You know, guys, look, I mean, <laughs> these players still get paid to perform well. They're not going to let off or back down or anything like that. That's not going to happen. So this idea of tanking for the quarterback of the first round pick, get it out of your heads. It's not going to happen. I will say this. I do understand the frustration. Like if we're going to lose and be a losing team, uh, it, it does suck if, you know, you go six and 10, you're six and 11 now and, you know, seven and uh, seven and 10 and you end up with, you know, the 10th pick when you're a quarterback needed team. I do understand that. Uh, I think there were a couple of times in the nineties, like, you know, at the time being, of course, you don't want to say, you know, uh, yeah, we'd, we'd rather have had a losing season, but, you know, hypothetically, if in 1997, the Giants had won you know, one game or just using a random example. And then the next year they had the opportunity to get Peyton Manning. Well, then sure, that would have changed the course of the team, uh, even though uh, we won two Super Bowls. That's a, I'm just going in that direction, but I will say this. There's no guarantees with any of these quarterbacks that they are going to be Peyton Manning. So just remember that. I, I do yeah. like the quarterbacks in this draft. There are several that I, I would definitely be happy with the Giants taking. But, you know, there there is analysis of teams that have even traded up for the first-round pick uh, in the last 20 years. And there, there's, there's only a, a couple examples that actually really worked out. And uh, Mike, let's not forget the fact that we can say RG three, Johnny Manziel has a uh, Haskins, Trubisky, uh, uh, Rosen. Like these guys aren't a guarantee. And this team is no more guarantee. than a quarterback away. There's no guarantee. And, and it, it's funny thinking that some of the quarterbacks that ended up working out best are like Rogers drafting the late first. Mahomes drafted mm-hmm. at 10, but he was, you know, like we, nobody was talking about him that much. Uh, there, there's a whole slew of guys that we can kind of talk about from that from that matrix. But, you know, the, regardless, even if we got a player like, you know, the best quarterback in the draft, right? And, and the most highly touted is Caleb. I know you're not a fan, Craig. Let's not get into that right now. But even if we got somebody like that, you know, you, you still have to give him a good supporting cast. I mean, Mahomes came into a good situation his second year. I'm not saying Daniel Jones is as good as Mahomes if they're on the same team. They're not. But, again, you know, you, you do need some baseline to enable these quarterbacks to flourish. So, uh, in terms of tanking, it's not going to happen. I don't want to see it. Uh, if, it, you know, would it be a little bit of a struggle to get the best quarterback if we finished, you know, with seven wins? Yeah, that's that's possible. But at the same time, and we don't know. I mean, if they took Penix instead of Caleb Williams and he balls out, it is what it is, right? And at seven and ten, we're showing that we at least have enough talent to compete and have a baseline for a quarterback if we had to, you know, go from here. So, and then you know, again, Craig, just in terms of our season right now, it's very disappointing. I, 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 I did like the fight they put up against the Bills last night, but I just think as a team, we're way too far beyond moral victories anymore for me to get satisfaction out of a team that's, you know, making stupid mistakes. Crappy play calls, and I'm sorry. I mean, I that was a horrible miss by the refs on the last play. That was a stupid play call. I didn't like it one bit. All right, we'll get into that in a second. 
Um, and just for the, the comment about Caleb Williams, it's not that I, and, and that's a story for another day, but just to quickly touch on it, it's not that I don't like Caleb Williams. Well, that, that, that's not your guy. You don't, I, I meant that respectfully, not like, oh, you're a yeah, hate. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I'm, I'm at the point that like, because there is, you know, because there's Bo and JJ and Dart and, and, and Penix, right? Because there's all these other guys. I'm like not really sweating the fact that you don't get Caleb Williams. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm, I'm like, eh, all right. I will always say Penix. I mean, Penix is the one that I love the most, but let's, again, let's save that for another day. You bet you. All right. So let's gentlemen, let's talk about the elephant in the room. And it's Tyrod Taylor. Um, Tyrod Taylor had a, a uh, good day or a bad day. That's my question to you guys on what you thought Tyrod did. Um, uh, he had 200 yards passing. He got sacked three times. He had a he, did, he had a crappy QBR, you know. If you want to drive down that well, um, but what I liked was for the first time, gentlemen, this year, um, I thought that the coaches actually coached and came up with a game plan that fit Tyrod Taylor's um, skill set. They didn't leave him back there to get bludgeoned. They came out of the gate, Alex, roll rolling him out putting him in space, um, a lot of, you know, a lot of, uh, and then then they got him throwing deep to loosen up the defense. What, what did you see out of Tyrod that you liked or didn't like last night? Um, I mean, if you're saying, like, did Tyrod have a good game or a bad game? I don't know how you can say anybody had a good game when you're the quarterback of a team that doesn't score a touchdown. So, like, not a good game. Um, there were some things that I thought, that, like, there were a couple of balls I, I felt like Tyrod – took a chance on that. I didn't necessarily believe Daniel would. Daniel has been a little bit more conservative with throwing the deep ball at times this year. And I think sometimes that's just being a backup being kind of like F it, like, all right, let's just try and make something happen. And I think you got a little bit of that, but um, I thought like the, the rollouts they had designed for Tyrod, I feel like a lot of times like you're supposed to, like it's, it's ideal when you can have a, a similar style quarterback to your starter. And I felt like it wasn't like that much different that we ran, but we also like, we were struggling. We were getting three and outs all the time there. We were, we were successful on third down. I thought he made some really good plays on third down, but I would say it was about a, as, as mid of a, of an outing as you could have for not scoring any touchdowns or doing anything. I mean, he, mm-hmm. like I, we could get into that penalty all day, but like he, he just, that, that, that at the end of the first half, that was awful. That was on him. And then I think the, the, the end of the game, he had opportunities. And I mean, if, if Waller doesn't get just mugged, I think that that's probably a touchdown. Um, Spartan, what's yeah. your thought? Like I, I thought, like I was saying uh, a second ago, the offense looked different. You know what I'm saying? They had the first half of that rolling them out, putting them in space, not putting them in harm's way. Very little. I don't think they had one five-step drop back all night, maybe two five-step drops. So it looked like they were actually trying to give Tyrod a chance to succeed. And, um, you know, again, he's got a, he's got a noodle for an arm. Right. He doesn't have that 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 zip and that that laser cannon that that Jones may have, but but he but he did a, a fairly like he didn't do a terrible job, right? I mean he didn't he didn't just totally blow it and you're and you're pining away for for Devito, right? Um, what what did you think about about Tyron? Well, what we did an especially good job of, and and, and you know was that, that we haven't really been able to do lately, uh, is get past that 50-yard marker and get into the red zone. I mean, we did that much better this game than we have in the past six games. Uh, and, and what I liked from Tyrod personally was, you know, he, he 
when under pressure, I, I thought he did pretty well. I mean, he didn't seem too phased by the pressure. He did get sacked a few times. But, you know, when guys got up in his face, he was still able to make some plays. Only three. What's that? The three sacks, right. But oh, so Yeah, we only three this time, though. I know. It's unfortunate that we have to talk like this. Uh, what, what you know, I, I didn't like, I mean, was, okay, we got to the red zone, but we walked away with nine points. We got there five times and walked away with nine points. I think there's a couple elements there where I look at it and it's like, listen, I mean, I, I don't, I don't see much difference when Taylor goes out there versus when Jones gets out there. It's like the fans that are like Tyrod's obviously the starting quarterback, no doubt about it. He's you know, we're, we're cruising right now. There were good plays, but you know, he, he's, he's a backup quarterback by product. There's no doubt about it. Uh, I, I think on offense and perhaps you want to touch on this later. So sorry if I'm jumping the gun. Uh, I, I, I will disagree with um, how much credit I'm going to give the coaching on, uh, the offensive side of the ball, I think the play sequencing, play sequencing, was really crappy. And I also want to say this about Kafka: he runs too simple of a West Coast style offense with these quick routes. When I watched the Bills on offense, they did it a lot more strategically in terms of trying to um, find ways to make space, setting up wide receivers as kind of picks to the cornerback. Uh, and I don't see that with Kafka's offense. And when you look back at the the Chiefs offense, they actually don't really run that complex of a playbook themselves. They just have so much talent. They can run the most basic offense ever, and they're still going to win. So I I, I am I, – I, Tyrod going in, he's fine. I'm not going to sit here and say he played great football. He played okay. We need to get touchdowns if we're going to continue on here. Kafka is the one I'm most disappointed with. I will say this, uh, not to make this technical, but the number one issue with Kafka's offense is he doesn't clear out routes. You never find them clearing out to the left, rolling back to the right. You're never seeing a, a, you know, the wide receiver running a deep route to clear out for an underneath route. Like you don't see any uh, specific technicality no. to his his routes. It's line up and send three guys into routes. You never really look at Madden play, right? Like like one that you would yes. make up. This guy curls, this guy flags, this guy weems, this guy, you know, blocks, this <laughs> this guy fails to block. You know, I and I will say he this. He only knows three all. Madden plays to run. Right, exactly. He's like and, that guy that only knows the three. Yeah. Yeah. Let me say this about this offense. We we are horrible in short yardage situation, and I don't even think that's coaching necessarily. I think we just do not have the talent for it. We have a relatively small center. Saquon's a good running back, but that's not a specialty to hit and, you know, move forward. Uh, and, you know, if we tried a QB sneak, I would have preferred seeing QB sneak yesterday, but I still think we probably would have botched it. Um, well, Tyrod's too small to QB sneak. He's like 135 pounds. Statistically speaking, though, you have an 84% chance of making it if you do a QB sneak. Passing is 58. R- running oh. is 67. So well, let's, let's, let's back up a second here just for a minute. So some of the good things that, that I saw out of the offense, like I said, my personal opinion was they didn't let him. They didn't let him drop back in a in a five step and let him sit there and get obliterated. Right? I they think was, yeah, for him getting ready to launch the ball, that it was it was well well designed. I think they yeah. got he got the ball out of his hand relatively quickly on short routes. The longer routes, he held onto it pretty long. Um, but what I noticed is he threw the ball to Wandell Robinson a lot. Why do you think that is? Because they have chemistry in practice because they're running with the second team. 
right? Wandale's, you know, coming back from a knee injury. He's coming back to play. He's probably got a lot of experience, you know, uh, running, uh, running with, um, with Tyrod. And they had a nice connection on the outside of the hash. We went right down the field, right? With a couple minutes left in the game, they just threw out pattern, out pattern, out pattern, right? Hash marks and out, like very methodical. So for the short game, you know, I thought Tyrod did did a decent job. Um, there is no quarterback controversy. Dable's already said that that that's not a thing. Alex, my question is: is how in the world? And what people don't understand, Alex, is every single play has an audible, right? It's the quarterback's mm-hmm. job to know the down, the distance, and how much time is on the clock. When you know the down, Alex, and the distance, and the time on the clock, you know if it nullifies the audible or not. Being on the one-yard line automatically nullifies an audible. How does he tap his helmet and go to an audible with 14 seconds left? I mean, he's a backup quarterback. He's not regularly in these situations i would imagine like, they, that's just part of of thing i have no idea like i really don't have a, a clue as to what happened there like they, at the end of both halves it felt like stuff was just rushed and like there wasn't communication on this side and, um i don't know i don't know why he made that decision at all because it was horrible and it's it's yeah. all, to me it's unacceptable then, the field goal to win that game at the end and we win that game 15 14 if if we can just settle and go for a field goal there at the end of the half Spartan, unacceptable? Well, I mean, unacceptable in terms of like, you know, you watch that and you say that's that's why you're a backup, right? I mean, you're responsible for making decisions like that. Uh, and in, in crucial time, you know, that don't don't overthink those things. Just move forward with the play that you got and just go, you know. Uh, I do agree with you, Alex. You look back at the, you know, the, the, the you know, what ensued and you say, well, you know, just go for field goals, but – you know, we did have to get touchdowns at some point last night, in my opinion. I agree. If we, if we got a field goal, I, I bet you Buffalo goes for two at one point, and they would have made it. How mm. do you know? They missed a bunch of kicks prior to that, right? That, yeah, that but kick- went, yeah, but went for two, getting two yards against the Giants. I have no doubt they would have gotten it. Yeah. Um. So, you know, again, uh, you know, you got him. I don't know. Again, you want to put it on the coaching. You want to put it on the players. Like, that's got to be done. I liked what Tyrod did as a backup quarterback. He held down the fort. I thought he, you know, he took a couple bad sacks, but a whole lot less sacks than normal. Um, But here's, here's what we should talk about real quick. And and for everybody that, uh, you know, you guys were jumping in the room, I've got Dr. Gregory Hedgepath coming on at 830, 835 uh, to talk. He is a, a, a spine doctor what works with uh, spine surgeries, orthopedics, neurosurgeons. He's going to kind of give us a background on Jones's injury and what happened last year to what's happening this year. So we're going to get him on in a couple of minutes. Um, Spartan. Yeah. To me, when I watch these games with or without Barkley, I am a firm believer in defenses having to um, game plan for Barkley. You can see you have no offense without Barkley. You can see that it makes a difference. And I don't feel putting Barkley on the side being like, ah, just a running back. He's not just a running back. Teams are preparing for him. And if he does get blocking, you could see he had 100 yards last night, 98 or 94 yards last night. You know, he was having a tough time in the beginning. There was not a lot of holes. And finally, 
And I say this, you know, with relief. I've been calling for this for, for months now. Pull the freaking guard. Pull the freaking center. They come out in the third quarter, pull Glowinski, and off to the races, Barkley's going. This, this offense still needs Saquon Barkley. Spartan. It still needs Saquon Barkley. Defenses are still going to prepare for Saquon Barkley. And without Saquon Barkley, there's no threat to run the ball. And defenses are sitting in man coverage, shutting down our average receivers. Tell me about what you thought about Barkley and, and his presence back in the, back in the field. Yeah, I mean, no doubt in the, the sense that I mean, when you have your star player out there, they got to work to stop the star player, right? We don't have Saquon back there. They can kind of go they, – they can really run a basic coverage scheme and not have to worry about it, right? It's But when Saquon's out there, it opens up the game for uh, our quarterback. It opens up the game for our wide receivers. Uh, that is absolutely the truth for the 2023 New York Giants. I will say this. In the long run – is this really the answer, having Saquon Barkley, a star running back, as the star of the team and we build around this? My answer to that is going to be no. I think in general, and, and Craig, we talk about this a lot because people people disrespect running backs a lot uh, nowadays, right? And I get it, but I'm not going to disrespect a good running game. We still need to be able to get these yards off the runs, right? The Bills were doing that pretty well at certain points last night. And that's kind of what I want at the very least. We will have to transition to a, uh, a passing threat team within the coming years, though. It's the Why way is that? Why is that? Uh, because if you look at the success uh, of most teams, they generally have uh, elite pass games, and they aren't focused on star running backs. It doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, like, when you think about – Balanced offenses, right? Anytime you talk to an analyst, it's still about balancing the offense. I heard Tony Dungy just say it today. Without a balanced offense, you can't do either. Run heavy or pass heavy. If you do not have a balanced offense, and when you have, you know, a balanced offense isn't having 18 to 28 yards of rushing, right? So, yes, you want to be a passing team, but if you can't run the ball, and you're only a passing team, there are only a few teams in the NFL that can do that. We don't have star receivers, and we don't have an offensive line. What you do as is the a problem with – go ahead, Alex. Uh, the problem with the Giants this year, though, is like we can't run the ball enough because we're behind so much. So we have to throw the ball, and that forces us into those one-dimensional kind of situations where like we don't really have the opportunity to run the ball because we're behind by so much. So like we haven't really gotten the Trambia balanced team. And I thought like at, at times, like I thought last night we were a little bit more balanced with that, but normally this season we've been trying to play catch up so much I had to kind of make the throws. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying in general, we don't have to become a 80% passing team because all the best analysts in the world will tell you that like it's a passing league, but you gotta be, you gotta have the ability to be balanced. Like well, that's what I just said, though. But I, but what I said was, instead of a star running back, instead of it necessarily being Saquon, you still have to have a good run game. That is important, right? I acknowledge that. But you know, I, I, again, I mean, we're 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 bottom barrel when it comes to scoring on offense, with or with 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 or without Saquon, really. So yeah, I, but, I, really I really can't sit here and say that we have the right formula on offense to to build around Saquon, and that's the going to be the game plan in the near future. Yeah, I think I think you're you're. Well, in my opinion, it's just short-sighted because, listen, the defense is on the field the whole time. 
The offense can't get first downs, right? As Alex said, you're behind a whole lot. The, the team in general has flaws. There's no offensive line, got a beat up quarterback. I don't have any number one receivers and the defense can't get off the field and doesn't have any pressures or sacks, right? So there's there's flaws, but, if, but at least you know with Barkley, just from a fundamental schematic standpoint is they don't plan for average. They, they plan for a good running back. That takes resources. That takes time because that can happen. If you have an app, we have Brita, Mike. We have Brita. That's an average running back. He's a crap. He's a crappy running back. He is not good. I don't know. According to the NFL. Want, you, by the way, you still want starter material running back, right? The one thing that I would like a little bit more, and again, not to disrespect on Saquon, is a running back that's hitting the hole a little bit more, like a little bit more of a Derrick Henry. I don't care if they get the 50-yard breakaway touchdowns. But nobody's so, Derrick Henry well, but listen, Derrick Henry. Listen to me. That's extremely rare when that happens anyway. But, you know, I don't. what I don't like with Saquon a lot of times is the bounce backs, right? You can get those big yards. You can also easily lose those yards. And it does create frustrating situations. For If it's second and ten, we run the ball. I'd like to set us up for – you know, third and seven, third and six, and not third and 12, which happens quite often and kills some drives. So again, look, I mean, this is no disrespect to Saquon, but yeah, I'm undoubtedly look at other teams that are successful on offense. And while they have good running backs, the bread and butter of the core of the offense is built on passing game. It's the way the league's gone. Yeah, I'll, we'll have to agree to disagree because uh, there are there are there are plenty of really good backs in the league. Some of them are pass catching backs. Some of them are grinding it out. Alex, Der- Derrick Henry, Mixon, Chubb, Barkley, McCaffrey. I mean, we can we can pull out ten to ten to twelve. You know what you would consider superstar running backs, right? Yeah. I mean, you can, but like they can also do other things besides just use those guys. And like, that's the job. Yes, but they're running backs. Right. But if you had to like, like, I would rather also have like, I feel, I feel like uh, I would rather have like a Miami situation where like, I'm not knocking on Achan or Mostert or any of those guys, but like, those are just guys. Those are guys, but like they have their, their offensive weapons are the receivers. They're going to create the separation. They're going to like Tyreek is going to score right. a million touchdowns this year and go for 2,000 yards. I'd rather and have why, that than the running back. Why, even you know, Alex, like, to, your, to your point, Alex, you're bringing up a good point because it's like the fact they have such a good passing game is actually setting up the run game for them, right? Anybody can do that at that point. Yeah. But with us, you load the box, you shut us down. Nine points. Well, mm-hmm. The New York Giants don't have an offensive line that can compete in the in the NFL. They just do. They don't have. Oh, they have to build that too, but it doesn't change the fact they got to move to the more advanced model here. I mean, they they got to do both. They do have to improve their offensive line. Yeah, I'm I'm going to say the advanced model looks like San Francisco, and that's a running back that can run the ball and catch the ball out of the backfield. You know, they also have um, Debo. Yeah, they have, have a lot of weapons um, there on. Well, that's yeah, my that's you. my point is that you they have stars at every position, right? And having you'd rather have Barkley than not have Barkley, right? Because an average running back brings nothing to the table, nothing. They they can't. Would you rather have Barkley or Tyreek Hill? I'd rather have Barkley. I would go Tyreek because Hill. our offensive line. Would get Wait, you're talking about like in a perfect world. Because we don't have an offensive line for the quarterback to get the ball to Tyreek Hill. If the Dolphins, it's not going to happen. But if the Dolphins were like, we will give you Saquon for Tyreek Hill, or we'll give you Tyreek Hill for Saquon, I would do that in a heartbeat but because Saquon, Ty- or Tyreek Hill is going to score a million touchdowns. But not, a, not with the Giants' offensive line. 
He's going to be so far gone. He's so fast. He, you can't catch him. No, but I'm saying that my point is, is that I, I can't use a Tyreek Hill unless I have an offensive line. The quarterback doesn't, the quarterback can't get the ball down the field. The Giants can't go vertical because they're lead the league in sacks. So it don't matter how fast they are if you can't push the ball vertical. Craig, again, if we're, if we're talking from a standpoint of what, with what the Giants have right now is Saquon, is, is building around Saquon, utilizing him as the core of the offense to win games this year, the best way to do it? The answer is yes, in the long run. What's long run? You're, you're looking how far down the road? Um, I'm talking near future. You build up the offensive line, but then you do have to develop the pass game. I mean, listen, when you look at how awful our offense is, Craig, I don't know how you can sit there and actually believe that the running back is the uh, the model for, for building a successful offense. It's not, it has nothing to do with the model. It has to do with the fact that right now, Barkley, they're going to ta- – they, you know, tagging Barkley next year could be what they do because they don't have enough draft picks to change the team. No one's going to argue that they shouldn't They shouldn't do that. I mean, that's simple. First of all, financially, it makes the most sense to bring him back. I'm just saying, I mean, the eggs for the Giants' basket in the long run here has got to be with the uh, building the pass game, and that means getting the quarterback that's right for the team. That means well, building let's, well, let's, well, let's bring in the Dockers. You hate Jones, so let's bring in – No, I don't hate Jones, Craig. I'm tired of you saying that. He's you hate Jones. You hate Jones. not good. You hate Jones. No, He's I hate Jones. Right when the quarterback's good like Mahomes, and you say that you hate him. I, 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 Jones I think, is not good, and I want my team to win again. Yeah, oh, we all do, and they were a playoff team last year, Mike. Yeah, because yeah, uh, without him, yeah. without him, fifteen touchdowns. They don't go and eight rushing, Mike. They don't go to the playoffs without him. I mean, we swap in a lot of quarterbacks. We probably would have made the playoffs. But <laughs> oh man, you're crazy. You might want to go back on vacation. I'm crazy. A lot of NFL fans look at you like you're crazy because you think that Jones is the guy, man. Jones is a middle round quarterback. He's like 15th ranked quarterback, Mike. He's mid. He's mid. I want my team to do better. So do I. But you can win with and Jones. Let's get a better pass game. You move on from Jones and you get a better quarterback. I know. I know. Alex, did we go to the playoffs last year with Jones? We, we can confirm, yes. Yeah, just making sure. Yeah, I like to win Super Bowls. I still believe in Jones. I know that I might be an idiot, but I still believe. No, nah, you're not. A, you're not. He's, an idiot. he's our quarterback. I'm still. I'm gonna go down with that ship. Last year, last year they went with Richie James, Bellinger, Hodgins, and Slayton, right? With a simplified offense, and went vertical down the field, right? That's not gonna win you a Super Bowl, but it took you to nine wins and got you there. No, no, that's, that's great. That's great. But now it's time to advance. We got a better quarterback than even. That. I agree. Because we've completely sunk back to mid-offense. And we can't score points. And, and Mike, it doesn't matter who's behind center unless you have a real offensive line. And he a number one. Just as good as the backup quarterback, Tyrod, the other night. Which means that he's not bringing any more elevation than Tyrod is. Well, I wouldn't agree to disagree. I mean, there's no doubt about it. That um, was really obvious. We all saw the game last night. Nine points see? with or without Jones. Yeah, what's your point? He's not bringing much elevation from, from Tyrod. Well, he was sacked 18 times. No, I understand that. It is a struggle. But again, I mean, you know, if he's not bringing much elevation, then Tyrod isn't either. So we know what to do. Yeah, I know. They're Doesn't not going to do it. Hater to want they're, not, they're not going to do it. So it won't matter. Let's bring in Dr. Hedgepath. 
Uh, he's going to be able to give us an idea about the injury uh, that Daniel Jones has. Um, Dr. Greg Hedgebreth, founder of Paragon Neuromonitoring, 23 years of working with neurosurgeons and orthopedic spine surgery. He's seen and been in the OR for plenty of these surgeries. Let's bring in the doc. Doc, how are you? Hey, guys. How are you? Thanks for having me. Love to have you here, my friend, because now we can get a real authority on something because Spartan Mike's just spewing a bunch of stuff. Alex is is is, is un understanding that, hey, there's some things to massage here. Necks cannot be massaged. Tell me, tell me about what happened a little with Jones last year, what we're looking at this year. You know, uh, what's your, you know, what's your take on, on what, because we don't even really know what happened to Jones because they really didn't give us a, a full report. Yeah, the Giants have been very, you know, tight lipped on what's going on. Even if you saw that clip when he was on Kay Adams uh, show, he didn't say much. He was very political. Uh, you know, I got to think that that's part gamesmanship uh, and, you know, they don't want people to get all, you know, nervous and they all obviously don't want the other teams to know what's going on. Um, just my my first thing I want to say is I have not examined Daniel Jones. I'm not his doctor. Uh, so these are just opinions of what what, you know, uh, and speculations on what little information we've we've heard. But his first injury seems to have been uh, a, a herniated disc in his neck. And uh, basically what happens, I guess the, the easiest way to describe it is uh, if, if you have ever, you know, you see a jelly donut, right? And then you take a jelly donut and you squeeze it down, eventually the jelly is going to squirt out. And that's what happens with our discs in our spine. And what happens is the most, most of the time it'll squirt out back into the left or back into the right or sometimes back. And that can, if it goes back into the left or back into the right, it can impinge up on those spinal nerves that come out between those vertebrae. And that can be like, very painful. Uh, they can, you can get uh, a, a thing we call radiculopathy where it's pain, numbness, or tingling that goes down the arms. It can also happen in the lumbar spine and your low back and go down. You guys have heard of sciatica. So when that happens, it's very painful. Um, depending on how bad of that herniation it is, uh, sometimes it resolves on its own with conservative therapy over time. Other times it's, it doesn't get better. Uh, and then they have to go in and surgically remove that fragment of disc off that nerve or off the spinal cord. If it goes in posteriorly or to the back in the cervical spine, they go through the front or they go through the back. They can do both. Uh, there's a, there's a cup. So uh, the, when they go in through the front um, it's called an anterior cervical discectomy infusion. And what they'll do is they go in and they go in through the, through the, you know, right here in the throat, depending on the level, they make an incision, they go in, they move the strap muscles on the front of your neck. It's, it's easier to get to than going in the back because the muscles are much thicker back there. So they'll go in the front, they'll go in with their little, you know, tools and pull out the disc. Uh, and then most of the time when they're doing in, a, a complete discectomy in the front, they have to put something back there when they take the disc out. So they'll either put in old school, they used to put in bones, uh, they'll put in bone grafts and or and or cages packed with bone. And that basically goes in and replaces where the disc was. So that height remains because when the height, when, when a disc herniates, it also gets smaller. So that can also compress down on the nerves of the spinal cord. So by putting that disc back in there, it restores the, the height and you pretty much can go, go on about your way. Uh, if they go in through the back, there's a couple of ways to do it. 
Um, and I don't see it in my career. I haven't seen it as much as the anterior procedure. Uh, and there's two different versions or, or multiple versions. You can go in and do a micro discectomy from the back. Again, not as common because there's more muscles to go through. And they can either go in through a little incision or a tube. It depends on what technique they're using. And they can go in and, and take a little bit of the disc out. Now, in that procedure, they don't want to take too much of the disc out because then it can get unstable. So from that is that's almost like I like to, to tell my patients, you know, spine surgery is kind of like a haircut. You know, you can always go shorter. You can't go longer. So a more conservative approach is to do the micro discectomy. And on younger patients, a lot of surgeons will choose to do that first and get some mileage out of that. And maybe down the road, they would need the more advanced surgery. Two, the, two questions. Yeah. Sorry, Robert, two questions. One is uh, Cold wants to know, is the Jones injury similar to what Peyton Manning had? And two, what's the difference between, so if he got the microdisectomy last year, right. um, where is he now? Is it, is it still, is it, is it another bulging disc? Uh, do, you know, cause there are some people that feel Jones will never play again. He's done. Some people are like, it's, you know, with, um, uh, with, with rest, you know, he's going to be able to, to rebound. So one is, can you compare it to the Peyton Manning injury from Cole? Thank you for the question. And two, you know, if last year was an actual surgery, where is he potentially this year? This year, so okay, that, that those are great questions. So I think uh, the injury this year would be characterized as a hyperflexion, hyperextension injury. The common word for that is whiplash, and that's when the neck it, it happens in auto injuries. It can happen in sports injuries. The head goes forward and back very aggressively, and what that does is that stretches the ligaments the tendons and the muscles in the neck and all those structures support our spine. So it seems like this time that's what happened. And it does not look like the disc herniated more because if it did, okay, he'd be in a, a massive amount of pain. Okay. Depending on where the, where it, how far it herniated out again, it would be, his arm would be very painful and there's a good chance if it was that traumatic that they might have done surgery already. So my guess from what I've seen is that he's had a whiplash injury this time. Collar two, right? What's that? Collar two. Well, that's, I was just getting to that. So a whiplash injury can be treated conservatively with, with either chiropractic, physical therapy, rest, ice, muscle stim, and in range of motion exercises. What is promising and why I think they're saying that, it's not as bad as last time is he must not have that instability or he would have the collar on now. So to see him on the sidelines walking around without a collar is encouraging because that means it must not have been that bad. Now, what they probably did when they took him in to evaluate him is they probably took x-rays and they do a, a type of x-ray where they flex your head forward and flex it back. And then they okay. can measure that it, if there's any instability. There's a certain amount of, of, of motion that's common there. If it's too much, then it's unstable. And How much obviously, time does he need? what's that? How much time does he need? That's a great question. And so six to 12 weeks for your typical uh, whiplash injury. However, two things. One, he's a professional athlete who's in great shape. So that's a, that's one of the, that's a good thing. And hopefully that, will go into the fact that he'll heal faster. However, on the negative side, he did have a prior neck history with a, 
uh, herniation. So he may fall somewhere in the middle and that's up to his doctors and, and the people that are taking care of him. But on, you know, for, for the normal Joe Schmo, your regular, regular guy out there like us, it's anywhere between six to 12 weeks. Um, it's got to heal right because again, it's a soft tissue injury. So unlike broken bones where like they'll heal in four or six weeks and you kind of know it soft tissue is different, but being the fact that he is a professional athlete in great shape uh, and he's under great care, I'm sure his doctors and his trainers, they, they got the top of the line people. He's seeing all the specialists he can. I, I think it'll be less than that in my opinion. And what, what about the Peyton Manning injury? Somewhat similar, different, totally different. Yeah, I believe it was very, it was similar. And and, and again, I, if I remember correctly, uh, it was very hush hush about that too. I think that's what he had as well. Now, if you guys want to kind of take a little peek, uh, next time there's a close up of Daniel Jones. Look in his neck. Okay, if they went in the front, and, and a lot of so what they'll do is they do a, a they'll cut along the neck and they try and go on the fold of your skin so that you don't have this massive scar. And then they'll also do a plastic surgery type closure. So you don't scar up. So I couldn't tell when I saw him recently, if there was any scar in the front. So that'll tell you if someone's either had an anterior cervical procedure or a thyroidectomy, uh, that's another, you know, the scar could be up in the front as well. On the back, it's a lot harder to see because most people have jackets or whatever, and you, you can't really tell unless you, you know, expose it and you can see it. Um, but uh, that's my guess is that it was very similar. And, and I'm guessing because of their age, they probably did the micro procedure, which is just enough to give them the relief. And then, you know, hopefully down the road, they'll get a lot of mileage out of that and won't need further surgery. But Either you guys got a question, jump in. What no, if you no. just got like an inversion table? Like, would that help it? Uh, inversion table. Down? Yeah, no, that, that's great because basically what that does is that's doing long traction and that'll, that, that's great for just about anybody. Uh, it works for lumbar discs uh, or he can do, I don't know if you guys have seen that they'll do over the door traction. There's all kinds of devices now that will mm -hmm. basically just stretch a little bit. And what that does is that allows the discs to expand. It, it makes that disc space longer and it gives you some relief. So I'm sure that's probably part of what he's getting done as far as his rehabilitation. But to see him on the sidelines, not, I mean, even when he was moving around, he wasn't like guarded. There wasn't, I, I think he's doing as well as, as can be expected at this point. And I, I don't think it's going to be a full 12 weeks. I guess it comes down to how soon do you want to get him back in there? Do you need him in there? If he's your guy, do you want to kind of wait a little bit longer to make sure that he's okay? Don't start him too soon. And again, this is, he's got priors. He's got a prior disc herniation. So I, my feeling is that they'll be as conservative as they can and that's going to be up to, you know, depending on how he's progressing in his rehab. Wow. That's pretty good. So there's a chance that he's done for the year. There's a chance that he comes back in December. But you're looking at Tyrod for the next, probably for the next three weeks, four weeks. That's what it looks like right now. But again, you know, done a little side, side note. You saw Aaron Rodgers the other night with his boot on, but walking around. So... Again, everyone, I mean, look, there's limitations of matter. You can't be super healer, right? There's That doesn't happen. But again, I think the fact that uh, to see him walking around, Daniel Jones, that is, walking around the sidelines, not in a neck collar, that means there's, there's stability's got to be there. And like I said, I'm sure every day he's getting, you know, the treatment that he would, whether it be, you know, stretches, massage, ultrasound, uh, you know, laser therapy to, to increase the healing. I'm sure he's in good hands. 
And, and like and Mike said earlier, tend to be one of the more conservative teams when it comes to injuries, though. They're 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 Agreed. not willing to rush other players back. Agreed. Uh, I I don't think it's really the Giants' nature to want him to come back and get hurt right away. Uh-huh. So I don't really know if they're going to throw him into it. And like all all kidding aside, what Mike was saying is is a really good point. It could just it could just be the the you know the the end, right? Like like sooner than than later, right? Like like all kidding and jousting aside, it's like like. The team has to move forward. It might have to make a plan without him because, like you said, he, he's putting himself at risk with these neck injuries. It might just not be in his best interest to play. Yeah, and that's that's something that obviously his doctors and the, the team, and that's something they have to discuss. I mean, you know, there's life after football. So it's something that, you know, you saw what happened with uh, – um, who was it from um, uh, from the Colts? Um, Andrew Luck. Yeah, Andrew Luck. Look, Andrew look Luck. how his career ended so short because of the pounding was taken. And uh, as a little sidebar, I was discussing with Craig. You know, we think about back when Eli was getting pounded. He never took the, that I can remember the hits that Daniel Jones has been taking. And you know, again, he's tough as nails. But you got to say, how much can he take? You know, are we are you know, and again, to get another neck injury so soon after the first one, that's yeah. that's something that you know he can only make that decision and his family and 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 take it from there. But but hopefully, you know, he'll be uh, on the mend. It seems like he is. Uh, again, all indications from what I've seen in the limited clips, he seems like he's he's doing all right. They're just going to make sure it heals the right way. Awesome. Yeah. Like you said, at the end of the day, you know, it might not be uh, worth Daniel Jones coming back. It might not be the word for the Giants bringing them back, you know, because there is life after football. So um, uh, thank you, Doc, for hanging out with us. I'm sure hey, no we'll talk, talk some more. We'll bring you back maybe, you know, in a, in a couple of weeks when we get more, more info. Because we literally, this could be the beginning to Mike's point. This could be the beginning of the end where, the plan's already in motion now that, hey, we need to make a change because we can't even put him at risk, right? I mean, there, there just could be a, look, it's just not worth him putting him on the field. So you kind of accelerate that 2024 uh, draft opportunity because, or, or free agent opportunity. I don't know who, I haven't looked at free agency recently, but yeah, none of it's good. Maybe not as bad as right. we thought. Maybe it's worse than we thought, but none of it's good. So, all right, Doc, I'm going to let you go. Thanks for hanging out with us, and um, we'll make sure we bring you back to talk some more football. Excellent. Doc. I love it. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Okay. Have a great night. Love the show. Go Giants. Go Giants, thanks, man. Go. So at what point can the Giants or can Daniel Jones sue the Giants for uh, not protecting him well throughout the past five years? Because think know. about it. It resulted in a serious neck injury, right? Yeah, I'd have to think that, you know, there's something in his contract, you know, um, that's ironclad about, you know, that neck surgery that he had, right? I'm sure that kind of changed, you know, the contract, right? Because he already had a neck surgery, so I'm assuming there's some language in there. Someone, Yeah, someone brought that up in here if there's a medical out. I mean, I my 99% suspicion is probably not what's guaranteed is guaranteed, but I don't I, – I actually don't know. I've never heard of that before. Is there a medical out in contracts? Well, you see guys get medical settlements all the time. You know, you and I, Mike, know about the whole, remember we had a big to-do over the Scott Simonson, remember how they handled his injury and he yeah. went to Twitter about it. So, um, Didn't Tyrod sue the Chargers? 
What's, what's that, Alex? Didn't Tyrod sue the Chargers because they punctured his lung when they when he had that injury? Uh, it was like the week week one of the season a couple of years ago. Oh, that's a great question. We that's can look at it. Yeah. Here, here, here's one. I uh, this one involved Lawrence Tynes. The the facility, like the the floor of the uh, the showers or whatever. It is. Somebody looked me up and keep me honest. Were so disgusting in Tampa. It gave like uh, like a disease that made him unable to play anymore. Look that up. I, I'd have to look into it too. I got to figure out what what the exact thing was there. But it was something within like the facility of the the Buccaneers. And I remember Lawrence Tynes. Is that one of the staff mRNA? Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Yep. They got yeah, a guy. We yeah. got a bunch of the team sick. Or the bunch of the team had it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Staff yeah. infection. Yeah. So I don't know, Mike. Um, I do know. Probably think about you know. There's the Jones side and the Giants side. He's already had an injury. The contract is post injury, right? Post surgery. There could be language in there to protect both parties. I don't know. Let me say this: How much better if if I could pick one player to have to have just come along and developed into the player we thought he was going to be. Evan Neal, if he just developed to be a solidified offensive tackle, we wouldn't have to worry about the offensive line so much because most of the pressure in the sacks kind of come from around the edge. The interior offensive line, I mean, listen, it's bad. It can't be that bad. They've come together a little bit, and we could have made it work. But but Evan Neal's the one that I'm looking at right now. Like It is infuriating how that dude's not come along because it ruins the rest of the game. Um, and that's a great segue because I, I know we're, you know we're running a little bit long. Alex. Um, tell me like about your opinions on Justin Pugh, because I think it's quite impressive, you know, to come from, as he said, off the couch, you know, uh, to starting guard to 10 plays later, having to become a tackle. He hadn't played tackle in the NFL for over a year. Um, and he brought a little nastiness. And what, what I saw was a guy who went from having a couple penalties to never hearing his name again after halftime. He made an adjustment. What was your thoughts on the line and 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 especially Pew? Uh, I mean, I thought the, I thought the line. I, I mean, we only gave up three sacks, which was a huge improvement. It's half as much as we normally give up. Um, I thought the line was good. There were there were some things where you know, they had their mistakes, but all lines are going to do that. Um, Justin Pew, I thought he did as well as anybody that came straight off the couch could possibly do. Like that was an all-star showing for a guy that was on the couch this time last week. Um, he did get beaten. He had those penalties, but that's going to come with it. Like I couldn't even, even when, when they called his name on those, I was like, ah, I can't really be mad at him. He's out there and he's, yeah. he, he was, it felt like he was significantly better than anything else we'd had out there throughout the season. And I mean, uh, kind of on your point about Evan Neal, like if Evan Neal had just developed a little bit, like it's easy, you, you can bandaid, one or two offensive line spots. Giants have had to bandaid four offensive line spots this year and like that it's just never gonna go well and um i think that pew hopefully um if if he can stick around like sign him to the 53-man roster full-time like like let's let's just give this guy a contract for for a year on that like he did enough yesterday to show me like i want this guy playing offensive line more than a lot of the other guys that the giants have in that that yeah that's that's i think that's right on alex because he's done better he did better in one game than some of these guys we've had for weeks. They were in training camp. Guys. Yeah. 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 You know, so I, I, I mean, it's a great point. Like why not let it, why not give him a year contract on top of the fact Spartan, he really only was signed to play guard the 10th play of the game. 
um, Azudu uh, sprains his toe, mm -hmm. or some kind of turf toe injury, and he's moved out to tackle. He hadn't played tackle in a while. Um, if anyone doesn't know, you know, uh, Justin Pugh, two, first round draft pick out of Syracuse, 2013, came as a tackle, uh, moved to guard, became a better guard, went to Arizona because the Giants didn't want to pay him. It was a big, yeah, that was a big contract too. Like we got it. We, we kept, we, it was simply because it was just too much. Yeah. And, but I, I, I do really appreciate, like I, he stuck up for Neil said when he, when Neil came out, Mike and said some crap yeah. about the fans, Neil was like, I mean, uh, he was like, Hey, look, I've said stupid things. We've all said stupid things. Like he seems like a good locker room guy. He seems way more experienced than he ever was with the giants. I think he kind of gets it now. What was your overall take on what Pugh pulled out last night. No, it was the same thing. I mean, look, I, I watched a guy who, as he admitted to the camera, right, he came right from the couch. And uh, for him to go out there and, and play as well as he did, I mean, all I could really ask for, you know, really a lot of these offensive linemen is to, at the very least, be that, you know, Rich Soybert kind of guy where they're not the best player out there, but you're not hearing their name called, right? They're not getting a ton of pancakes a game, but they're not getting the doors blown off them for sacks. Uh, and, and that's been the, the frustrating point of the Giants offensive line this entire year. So for Pew to go out there and play like that, it, it's a breath of fresh air because you're right. You want to reduce the amount of Band-Aids that you have out there, Alex. Um, Alex, too, I was saying earlier, I think uh, I think me and Spartan, maybe earlier in the year, we're talking about like the Eagles make a living on pulling the center with Kelsey and pulling the guards, you know, and getting out in front of it. Second half comes around. Bart, uh, Collins were, um, Chris Collinsworth comes on and says, Barkley's got like two, under two yards, you know, a carry. And next thing you know, they're pulling Glowinski and Barkley's off to the races with, you know, three, four really, you know, nice runs, five, seven, 25, 31 yards. He starts to catch a little, a little fire and gets a little hot. Mm -hmm. Um, we, Glowinski, like, you know, has not been one of our better linemen. Maybe, maybe he was meant to pull this whole time. Like, again, like, maybe this is something that could also help the offensive line that we should have been pulling, you know, pulling guards earlier in the year, not six games in. No, I, I definitely agree. And maybe that is something we do going forward. I also felt like, like I, I think the giants saw something in film with the bills. Cause it felt like they, they were really able to kind of like calculate mismatches uh, on the bills last night that played in our favor and kept the game close when it probably shouldn't have been close for, for what it, what it was. But um, I thought that like, just like maybe they really like we pulled Glowinski that way and the Bills aren't able to do that. But I, the just shut like Stefan Diggs had 100 yards, but it felt like he was quiet for a lot of them because he didn't score two touchdowns on us. I don't know. But the, the offensive line holding it together like that, like if we can keep something like that going forward, we're going to be because the Bills have a really good rush defense. The Bills have a really good rush defense. I mean, I know Washington has a really back. good rush defense. Yeah. And to keep, we only got sacked three by him. So, not six times. I'm I'm happy with that. Maybe we cut it down to you know one time next week. That'd be awesome. There we go. You know, Pew's got an extra week. Let's just just keep cutting up, and then maybe no times the next week. I mean, listen again. It's a winnable part of our schedule. We're going. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah we really as well yeah. we can. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I mean, people that think we're going to go like one in you know one in sixteen here. That's it's not going to happen. We we had a brutal schedule. We all know that going in. We we all hope we had at least leave this you know three and. Uh, three and three and not one and five. Um, but, you know, we play Washington this week, and I don't ever want to sound overconfident, but I'm sorry we we, we run Washington. Uh, 
I guess we're one, you know, one, two and one or one, one, two, whatever it is. But, you know, we got we got some ball left in the Giants right now. So hopefully they pull it off next week. Yeah, that would. Well, and I like to hear that, like I said, because I, I like rooting for my team. I like when people root for yes. their team. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. like I, I don't know why anybody would want them to lose. And then, you know, like in a year, they're like, well, we want a table flyer now because we sucked last year. It's like, well, OK, well, you, you want you know, that. Well, yeah. 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 Like what in the world? Well, let's change gears. Oh, go, go, go for quick, it. Though. Go. Like, is do you guys see this in a scenario where we we move on from table? Because I hope, like, I really don't want him gone after this year, and I feel like I, I highly doubt they get rid of table. I could, I could, I could imagine, and and I'm sure this will be the mouth disagreement. Um, they're not necessarily going to move on from Kafka, but the off if the offense stays as unproductive as it has been. They they might not do like the piecemeal like get rid of this guy the quarterback but not the line the other lineman not the quarterback right they might just move on from the whole offense in general and be like look we're we're gonna if if we're just bringing in a new regime for offense I'll uh, I my my gut feeling says this well it one is he went to the playoffs in his first year right. Giants have only gone to the playoffs one time. Yeah. Since I don't think I said his name. I'm in Kafka. I'm sorry. Not Dable. Not Dable at all. Right. You said okay. Kafka. I think I didn't say his name. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kafka. You said Kafka. You said Kafka. Oh, I did. Okay. All right. Yeah, no. So, yeah. so that's what I'm thinking. But not Dable. Yeah. There's no way they can get rid of it. Yeah. I mean, to me, like, Alex, think about this. Shane and Dable are a package. Shane came mm. in and, like, literally had the Giants spend millions of dollars on a new draft room, new technology, smart boards. Like, like it's the first time that Maris kind of relinquished, you know, all this to the GM, right? And it, and right. he's a young a young guy, and he's he commands a room, and he and he has respect. People respect what he's done in Buffalo, what he can do, and it's the first time they've gone to the playoffs outside of that uh, uh, Beckham year. Was that sixteen? The McAdoo year, yeah. So like he's already proven he can do it. They got a rash of injuries. They got people underperforming. If anyone's going to go, Alex, and I think uh, Mike would agree with me, would be McGahey. And well, that's Cap- obvious. I mean, he, uh, but it's mysterious how he was still here through all these years in the first place. I mean, yeah. what you would just right. say, you're like, what does he have nudes of Mara or something like yeah, that? Yeah, he must have dirty pictures on Mara because there's no way this cat keeps getting a job. It's not, no. they didn't fire that previous special teams coach. Tom Quinn had his job forever. And he sucked too. Yeah. Yeah. So if anybody's going, I can see, I can see Kafka going, but you know, what'll happen is Kafka will go somewhere and become freaking the best offensive coordinator in, in football. Yeah. Right? That happens that he, but that happens like when you get like a new coach who hasn't like done the offensive coordinator stuff yet, mm-hmm. they use this as like their practice run. Yep. And then, and then, you know, fired, then they get back to the drawing board. Of course it's going to happen. Yep. But, but yeah, but I think, I think I agree wholeheartedly with Mike that it's a Kafka McGahee things. I don't see losing Dable or Shane for at least four years. And, and, and we really can't like, I'm sorry to interrupt, but we can't get rid of uh, wink either. I don't think, I mean, I think he puts together good game plans. Uh, Especially and, right and, now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and sure. There's, there's times we give up a lot of points, but like, I mean, sometimes it's just simply time of possession. We get blown. Right. So, so the wink thing is weird, Mike, because it's like I, I almost feel like he started off really fast, cooled off, and now he's starting to heat back up again. So 
I almost feel like sometimes, and again, I, I want to, I'm reflecting back to this Tony Dungy interview I saw today. He's like, we don't play people in preseason. He's like the first three weeks of, of the regular season is like preseason and everybody gets hurt. He's like, he's like, and, and again, I know it's a get off my long old school thing, but there's something for playing these guys. And it feels like Wink doesn't know what he has to like, you know, he gets, you know, you know, a handful of weeks into the season. Cause it, like when we start every year, we start yeah. off so cold that I'm like, yeah. I don't even know if Wink knows his guys. And it'd be one thing if we, this was Wink's first year, because I remember we had uh, uh, Quaka Mitchell on the show. And he talked about, you know, when when Spags' first year started, we started off that season very bad on defense. But then they got very good as the season went on because they got the rhythm, right? That's what you do in your first year. So then in 2008, the Giants' defense comes out, and they were elite from the start. What, 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 I, I, I do think that you're right, that because they're not pre- playing in preseason, it does cause a slow start. And listen, if you're going to have a slow start on defense, you better hope you're playing crappy teams. And quite honestly, we weren't doing it. No. We're not playing crappy teams at all. And like, but I mean, Alex. Kawaka Mitchell, real cold. This is about a year and a half ago. What, what is he? What do you mean who's on the show? Cold. Uh, he, he was Kavika asking who Mitchell? on the show. Do you remember when Kawaka Mitchell? Uh, oh, Kavika. Kavika Mitchell, yeah. What is it? Kavika. Kavika Mitchell. Kavika? All right. He, um, Kavika, Kavika. Yeah, no, he was on the show talking about Spag's defense. Yep. Well, you know what, though? I think. Again, I think you're you're spot on. I mean, like, you know, we they seem to get better as they go. Wink seems to be getting better. Look, guys, let's not kid ourselves. Buffalo is a powerhouse, and we kept them to 14 points, right? Again, and I'm going to make the transition to defense here, guys. Um, two things I'll let you guys run with. One is I really sp- paid a lot. Of, first of all, Okereke had a breakout game. It was the best I've seen him play all year. And each week he's gotten better. Each week I was really down on Okereke the first three games. I was like, this guy, he's never in the right place. Each week he's gotten better. And I am, it's a noticeable difference when Simmons is on the field versus McFadden. McFadden next to Okereke is dynamic. Uh, it Things happen. They trust each other. Great communication. Mm-hmm. McFadden is a great A-B gap blitzer. Okereke is all over the field. When Simmons comes in, nothing happens. Proof is Simmons didn't have even a tackle in the game. There were 18 tackles, a forced fumble, a fumble recovery, an interception, two passes defended by two guys, Okereke and McFadden. McFadden is balled out almost every game of the year, and Okereke is balled out three, four, four weeks in a row now. So I'm going to just give it to you guys, uh, Spartan. Like, you know, what did you think? I mean, Okereke just looked fantastic. Yeah, no, whatever that whatever that base was that they used yesterday just seemed very natural. They weren't trying to pull too much crap. Third down, they would start doing some stupid things with the blitzes and whatnot. It's my only problem with with um, uh, with Wink. But, no, I mean, that was probably one of the best linebacking games I've seen from the Giants uh, in the last five years. That was probably it. And I'm rarely paying attention to it, but you just saw it yesterday. I mean, they, there was something different, and it started with those linebackers. Yeah, thinking, well, we didn't even get a sack yesterday, and yet we held them to 14 points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and you know, you know how good Josh Allen is. He stepped out of like three or four sacks. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, but it, yeah. It, it, uh, it's uh, I love the fact that um, that Jay is calling 
Alex Razor. It's hysterical. <laughs> um, we had some funny people up in the comment section. That's I know, I know. They're they're out of control today. Always bringing the damn jokes. I know. I love it though. Thanks. I appreciate everybody. Um, yes, we do actually appreciate you. No, yeah, we do. And uh, Alex, like I, I, the other two guys, I want to talk about is I. I don't want to be disappointed in Simmons and I don't want to be d- d- disappointed in Tibbs, but they don't do a whole lot. Coming up. So I'm um, now look, but I Tibbs want to fight. Time. Tibbs want to fight. Did you see that fight? That was pretty sick. Huh? Did he yeah. win you want that guy on our team? I want that guy on my team. He was kicking from his back. That's not very mad. Well, uh, it's jujitsu. He was doing jujitsu. All right. Fair enough. Um, here's the crazy thing. I looked up Tibbs's stats and they're not that bad. That's the thing. It's not, he's not that far. I, I looked you up. You just don't uh, like him. I looked up Walker. I looked up Espen. Uh, AJ yeah, you're just, a, you're just a hater, Craig. I'm kidding. I'm screwing with you. No, no <laughs> I, I, I'm saying like, I I, uh, I looked up Tibbs, uh, Epinenza, because we played him last night, Walker and Hutch. And his, his stats aren't that bad. The only thing I can't figure out is like, we need him to do one of two things. Like he's either got to set the edge, play the run, He's got to rush the passer and he's got to finish, right? But he kind of is just like there, right? Like, I, I'm like, I don't know if it's that Wink doesn't let him go or something. Like, it just feels like the, the, the talent is there, but it just comes once in a while. You know, yeah, where, I mean, would it be yeah. better if it was a 4 3 defense? Because someone was bringing that up the other day and I hadn't thought about that in a while. I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. It's a little tough because I'm pretty sure Tibbs played in a 3-4 anyway in college, but they just said as a in general, the best defense is against the right. Statistically overall, everything kind of evens out, but against the run, 4-3 uh, is a is statistically better. Like the top five defenses right now against the run are 4-3. I didn't realize this is all news to me. So this is all like yeah. theory. Like, like I just feel I just feel uh Alex, I feel that Tibbs, like he shows up for a week and disappears for three. Again, his stats are not far off of Walker and Hutchinson. Like, but he I just got feel four like, sacks, right? He's got four sacks, which is yeah, I mean, he's got four sacks. Yeah, but the yeah. sacks aren't my thing. I want to see him have seven, eight tackles. I want to see him like wrecking, wrecking, and disrupting. And he just doesn't seem like that kind of player. Um, Especially maybe in the I, run game. Like he's not making a four. He's not making much of an impact in the run game at all. Yeah, and I just like. I mean, like Josh Allen That'd ran around him four times last night because he doesn't set the edge. And I'm just Alex. You tell me, like, just hey, look, I've been wrong a thousand times. Like, am I just am my expectations too high because he was the fifth fifth pick in the draft? Like, because we got to admit he's not dynamic. He's not in, and he's kind of hot and cold. You tell me. Um, I think your expectations for him are a hundred percent too high, just because I've I've heard you talk about him the last like year, but. Um, I, I do agree with you. He does disappear at times, but maybe spin zone, like they're focused on him so much that like, Okereke had a big day because they're like, we got to shut down Thibodeau because he's getting sacks now this season. We can't be getting sacked. And I also think Josh Allen's going to be able to step out of a lot of guys sacks too. Josh Allen's kind of one of those guys that, that avoids them a lot. We saw him do that several times last night. Um, I don't know. I, I really don't know what he needs to do. He is running. Run, run defense is definitely his biggest weakness, in my opinion. So I 100 percent agree with what Mike's saying on that. Uh, I really don't know what we got to do. I think we like, he he seems like he's gonna be around for a while. So like he's 
he's good when he's good. And like, if he could just be good more consistently, like I we're fine there, but I think we've got something good there. He's never going to be Aiden Hutchinson. And I think you keep comparing him to Aiden Hutchinson. So you're always going to well, be disappointed. They're drafting the same class, but I looked up Walker. I looked up N- uh, AJ uh, Espinenza. I looked up a couple guys just to see. And again, his stats aren't that far off, but if we're, if, if Aziz not is not flashy, playing, well, he's well, making tackles, right? But they're like he he makes the tackle and then he, he gives up three yards by getting dragged. It's mm-hmm. stuff. It's stuff like that. He does have four sacks, which is good. But Craig, I mean, let me let me say this to you to your point. What I was so excited with him about was his athletic ability, right? So in my head, he can just put on muscle, uh, and and then and then become you know a more powerful defensive end. And I think that's the thing that's been disappointing, like. I guess it wasn't that simple for me, right? And that was my mistake. I thought that would just be an easy thing to do as opposed to you're already a powerful guy uh, and, and now you have to be, become faster. That's, in my head, sounds extremely, pretty much impossible. So just, I mean, that, that that's just my thing. I thought his athletic ability was a great base and he can build the muscle and become more powerful. And we, I haven't seen that yet. Okay, I like that. Um, I just... I think to Alex's point, I would just like cons- consistency, right? Like, you know, you need him I to get make. That. Like, we just want plays. Like, I, I just want this I whole team could be we- more consistent. I would like that. Like, this team yeah, has yeah. been very inconsistent. So, if we could get it, if if it starts with Tibbs and it goes to the rest of the team, I'm cool with that. But like, there's not one player on this team I feel like that's been consistent the entire season. No. And we got excited for Ojolari, and then Ojolari's been hurt so much that a lot of that falls back on Tibbs to be you know, be that guy. And Ojolari can't stay on the field. Like at some point, the Giants are going to have to have a pass rusher. I mean, Tibbs just may be a linebacker. And he, he may just 80% be an average. Sacks. Yeah. He just may be like a guy who, you know, has nice stats, has seven sacks a year. And so be it. But at one point, the Giants are going to need to have a legit pass rusher. No? If he starts getting I 10 agree. plus sacks a year, I, I probably won't complain about him as much. Oh, I will still be a little, about the yeah. back, but Dude, 10 plus 10 plus sacks, sign me up. Right, right. Hey, well, hey, he's on pace right now, technically. If he keeps you know four sacks in, in six games, I think that does statistically equal out that he will finish with 10 plus sacks, although he didn't get one last night. Yeah, so Sam Howell holds not- the ball a lot. We got him next week, so maybe there's two or three right there. Who knows? There we go. This is who we got his first sack against. Uh, projections is 34 tackles, 11 sacks. There we go. Uh, 11 quarterback hits. Someone else tackle the, the running back. Then. We got a, we got a yeah. quarterback tackler here. Uh, how, about, <laughs> how about Simmons guys? Um, are they not using him right? He just, he, he's non-existent too. Is it just not, is it the system? Uh, I mean, I know they said he loves the, he, he loves the, you know, rush the passer. Do they, are they not giving him enough opportunity? To be honest with you, I feel like I'm not paying much attention to Simmons, especially last night when it's like the, I'm paying attention more so to the guys that are in, but I did expect him when we got him that he would make more of an impact on defense and we're not seeing it. And it's tough to assess what the issue is. You know, I, I mean, it's been enough time in the system. He should at least, I mean, if Pew can go out there and play left tackle for us right away from the couch, I'd kind of expect Simmons to go out there and at least, Kind of make an impact, but you, it's kind of like, like, like what like this this guy walked in from Kmart and he's playing tackle and he's smoking a cigarette. Home. He walked in with a cigarette out on the field. He's like, "Sorry, guys, got late." You know, he's got the the apron on from stocking shelves. 
you know. And you're, and you're like Simmons has been here a month, and he he's he's got another game with with, with no tackles, no no. It's he kind of just. Like, I feel like when he's on the field, he just kind of stands there where the ref is, and then we, he doesn't do anything. Like that's how I imagine he's not going to blow it up. I haven't seen him get wrecked. He's just kind of like not really in the picture. He's talking to the ref on who he's got in the uh you know in the uh, NHL game that night. He's like, hey, you, you going with the Rangers against the Devils tonight? What are you doing? Absolutely, absolutely. Asking him for the best strip club in town. You know the deal. Yeah, he's like, where you know where can I get a good cannoli? You know what I mean? Like I, I got absolutely. it. Absolutely, yes. All right, last thing is, of course, and we'll wrap it up with this: is um we you know we 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 sparked some some good conversation. Um, wh- Alex, what do you want to see for the rest of the year? Like. I'm assuming that they're, and Mike alluded to it earlier. I mean, seven games to win seems like a whole hell of a lot. Um, what do you want to see, Alex, for the rest of the year? Like, you want to focus on, you know, uh, anything specific? What, what What do you want out of the rest of this year? Because right now, anything um, goes. Winning games is my like. Let's if you win games, you're gonna be pretty happy. Um, I mean, looking at the schedule, I, I said it in the comments earlier, twelve and five makes playoffs. 12 and 5 makes playoffs. Just turn it around here. You got the tough part of the schedule out of the way. We just we just, Now we turn it on. Right when they think that we're out, we just pull them right back in. And then that's how we turn it all around. I mean, Washington's a winnable game. The Jets looked good yesterday, but like. Ooh, that beatable. defense looked good, Alex. That defense well, looked like beatable. Good. We can beat the Jets. We can beat the Jets. Raiders just win. Christ, if the Jets had Rodgers right now, I mean, they'd be a damn good team. Their, oh, yeah, they'd be very good. Alex, their defense was ferocious yesterday against the Eagles. They were, and I, I was the biggest Jets fan I've been in a very long time. Just Can you believe this, guys? The, the Jets have never beaten the Eagles before. The that Jets was wild. Are, I mean, they're a 63-year-old franchise, and great. They didn't play the Eagles probably until the 70s, but that was, I think, their 12th meeting. They still hadn't beaten the Eagles yet. What in the yeah, world? Somebody was yeah, sharing that fact. Was Tom Brady beat every NFL team before the Jets did. Yeah, right? That's funny. But wait, we can't talk, though, Spartan, because I think the Giants haven't beat Buffalo since, like, 2015. Why? That's not eight years. We only played them twice, right? If we had never beaten Buffalo, well, we'd only have three Super Bowls. But if we had never beaten Buffalo, we'd probably look at that a little differently. Yeah. Last night, first time we lost in New York since 1993. Because really? he was also in Buffalo. It's 1993? Well, yeah, let's think of every Bills last game. Last time we lost in Buffalo. This, here's everyone I remember. 2007 was that dumping snow game where we came back down 14. Against Ahmad Buffalo. Brad run. Bradshaw went wild. 2011, lost I mean, we, we, we really didn't squeak out of the game. It snowed the day before in October, if you could believe it. And then, you know, the Giants go in there and they barely get out of that thing alive. Went by a field goal. Uh, 2014, I mean, twenty. we must have played them in 2015. I have I have zero recollection of that one. I'll be completely honest. I can't remember if we played them in the last couple of years in Buffalo because they don't because we haven't seen Josh Allen. We played them week two, I think, in twenty eight. Well, what year is it? Twenty so twenty nineteen. We played them week two. Was that was that Josh Allen's rookie year? No, he wasn't there yet. Um, I I actually want to say uh. Yeah, no, he would have been there. He would have. I thought he was twenty eighteen, right? Is he twenty eighteen? Okay, he you might got. Have been. Yeah, he's not twenty twenty, and twenty nineteen would have been Jones. They weren't drafted the same year. 
Okay. Um, what do you want, Mike? What do you want the rest of the season? You know, I, I, I guess, I mean, wins, obviously, first and foremost, Alex. But what I want to see is the players that we have the question marks on that were like, hey, are they busts? Like Fibs and, and way more importantly, Evan Neal to come together and just prove and solidify themselves. That's that's what I want the most. Can we bring up one more thing, Craig? I, I do want to compliment a player uh, that I, I wish all of our first-round picks were, turned out this successful. Thanks. But Banks is, is playing phenomenal football. Jesus, a little on the radar because, yeah. again, we're not hearing his name, but he, he was a good pick, and he's making an immediate impact. And when a, a Giants first-round pick is making an immediate impact, I just looked at the heavens and like, thank you for this gift because we suck at drafting, obviously, for the past decade. And for us to finally, finally have a first-round pick that clicks, oh, give me that bank. Give me the yeah. Deontay Banks. I love the fact that he's scrappy. You know what I mean? Like, I love the yes. fact that he's willing to play press, that he's willing to bump and run. Like, I, 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 I like him. He's goofy as hell. He seems like he's he's loving, you know, his job. Like, I, I think, yeah, I think Banks is going to turn out to be a really nice player. Yeah, and he looks smart. Like, he, he's smart and clearly learned the defensive system very quickly. He never looks confused. Never looks like he slips up yep. on a uh, coverage. You know, I, I, I love it. I, I, I love. And by the way. Cornerback is one of the most important positions. It's easily the top five most important positions. Oh, oh, yeah, it's got to be top three, I think, outside of QB tackle. I think it's got to be number three. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I know we were were kidding around earlier, and I was busting your stones about being a balanced offense, but it is a – we – we all kidding aside, you know, uh, it's a throwing league, right? So how does that work? Your quarterback's got to throw it. Your tackle has to protect it. Your DB has to defend it. I, Mike, I think you're get you're you're being generous by saying top five. It's got to be top three. I wouldn't put I I because in my head it's like okay, well, here's how it goes in my head: quarterback, um, number one. I'd actually put number two as an edge if somebody can get to the quarterback, and then number three I'd put cornerback. Then I would do left tackle, and then uh, there's actually a little bit of a gap there between that and, and, in my opinion, wide receiver. I think having a shutdown cornerback is more important than having a, a stud wide receiver. Awesome. I tell you who I miss. You're talking about giving t- uh, Banks a pop. Um, I tell you, like who I miss. I miss Hodgins. I feel like somehow they, yeah. they 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 wrote him. The guy literally brought us to the playoffs last year, like single handedly almost. And uh, for some reason, I feel like they like they either they wrote him off or something. Like it feels weird. I, I thought this they year signed a lot of other. Go ahead, what's Alex. That? What's that, Alex? I was just going to say, they just signed a lot of other guys at that position. And, I mean, he was awesome last year. Uh, I just think that there's a lot of competition with him. And it's so interesting you say that, though. I don't think anybody – I still don't think anybody's better. Campbell got I, say, I actually thought that he's – I think I actually still think he's better than, you know, a lot of the receivers we have out there. And, you know, by the way, I mean, we had him on the show, and, and what we liked was that last year it looked like he was going from the, the wide receiver one by default because we had nobody else to somebody that actually looked deserving of being a wide receiver and playing out there. So for him to come out and not, not make any impact at all or be present on the field is very strange to me. Yeah, I'm with that 100% because if you had the lineup right now, Alex, I would I would be going with Slayton, Hyatt, and and Hodgins. You know what I mean? Like, you know, um, you know, I don't – I mean, don't get me wrong, Wandell had a nice day yesterday, but – you know, I I want some some burners and, and some good route runners. I and I know what Hodgins can do. So I just wanted to mention that because 
I was kind of disappointed. He did such, he had such a great year mm. and runs such good routes. I kind of miss him in the offense. I get that. For what it's worth. All right. Uh, gentlemen, um, if you haven't got a chance, housekeeping, Chuck app, make sure you're downloading the Chuck app. It's actually a very good aggregator for all your sports all in one area. I love it. And then, of course, you know, you have the daily trivia. It's always a lot of fun. Um, we have the preview show for this week, which will be, um, I think, I don't know if it's Spartan yet or if it's, or if it's Chris, but of course we got the rush hour preview show on Wednesday for you guys to check out. Um, who knows, right? At the end of the day, we just talked to the doc. It could be a, a new quarterback in town this year, this year. There could be some big free agent moves, right? October 31st, I think is the trade deadline. So you could be, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't see people selling. It's not baseball, right? I don't usually see getting rid of a lot of players, but. I think could be. Craig, I, I think they just stay told to Tyrod until they can get Jones back. I just don't really see any other yeah. options that make sense right now. No, no, no. I don't mean a quarterback selling off our players. Oh <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I could think of a few. You know, no, I'm saying like, you know, in baseball, you know, it's going to happen, right? Right. Like, I don't ever see like it kind of makes sense that like you know you traded Dory Jackson or you trade McKinney. Like it makes a whole lot of sense to accumulate picks so you can go get a quarterback and a tackle, right? Or right. or a quarterback and a wide receiver. Like again, like you know, we we for what it's worth, we we, we want to win games. You know, I, I I I like the fact that we went to the playoffs last year. I still believe in Jones, but I also am a realist and know. At the best day, Jones is a top 12 quarterback if everything is going right. And without a number, a true number one in the offensive line, that's not going to help. Without a pass rusher, that's not going to help. I don't I don't know, guys. You tell me, like, do we trade these guys? I mean, October 31st is the trade deadline. Spartan, you see anything happening? I can't predict individual players that might get traded. But, yeah, I would be actually very surprised if they don't trade anybody. I, like, I think they might look at, at some guy who's – you know, not really fitting the system or whatever the situation is, trade him for a fourth. And no, are we going to get anybody with a fourth round pick? No, but if you need to trade five picks away to move up in the first round, now you have like a pick that you can kind of use as a freebie, right? So, I mean, that's going to be the mindset. What about you, Alex? Uh, are we, are we, again, this isn't baseball, this isn't fantasy football, but I don't know. I mean, Dory Jackson and McKinney are both slotted. Chris uh, and I talked about this last week. McKinney and Dory Jackson uh, we played a game called, um, you know, underrated, overrated, and should be traded. And uh, and the and the fans were all in the room and going through it. Any any thought, Alex, to any of these guys getting traded before the deadline? Uh, I mean, I've already just my dumb brain has already convinced myself that we're going twelve and five now. So no, we're going to be a competitor. <laughs> so we don't need to trade anybody. We're going to need those guys going forward. We need the depth. So like, yeah, like let's keep them. We're not trading anybody. Maybe we trade four people, bring some guys in to help us uh, make this playoff push we're about to go on. Man, I, we I, went I eleven straight. Don't forget, I said it. I love the glass. And I'm gonna be, me. I'm gonna be very negative about this team come Sunday probably. But like for right now, I'm in. I'm back in. That's what they Alex do. Is I'm on maybe. Alex, I do, I do like what you're wearing, but I mean, it, it does look like you could have possibly done yeah. drugs before you hop on the show due to your attire. Yeah, no, uh, I, mean, I, I didn't have a shirt before we recorded, so I, this was just hanging sure. on like my coat rack, and I was like, we're grabbing this. For sure. Yeah. I didn't really think about it. 
So, uh, yeah, no stereotyping Spartan just because he's wearing a little Rasta doesn't mean he's hitting the hey, ball. man. Well, that's well, that's why I'm dressed like I'm going to Kentucky Derby. It's because then, you know. You give me my attorney to represent me. Right, exactly. Actually, Cold says you look like you're trying to sell insurance is what he said. Well, you're not too far off. <laughs> All right, look. Well, we appreciate you guys. I know the show went long. I hope you guys enjoyed the good doc. He knows some good things about the spine. Um, uh, he was in surgery when I had my spine surgery. So I know he definitely definitely knows because um, I actually had my L5-S1 removed because of football. So I do know he knows what he's talking about. And look, there are – and I'm surprising, Spartan, you didn't say anything about it uh, outside of Caleb Williams. Oh, I know you hate Michigan. I hate Michigan. Michigan State versus Michigan this week's coming up, coming on strong. Sure. Um, Jesus Christ. You think I want to talk about that game right now? We well, might we might give up 70 points here, Craig. Yeah, well, keep in mind uh, that Michigan State was winning by 18 points with seven minutes left in the game and blew at the Rutgers this past weekend. So they That's were up. You know, so now, run it back. <laughs> if we can yeah. blow an 18-point lead to Rutgers, we can blow a 31-point lead to Michigan. Yes. Um, I, I was going to mention before we go is – not only is Caleb Williams an um, unbelievable athlete, but there are a handful of guys out there that watch a lot of college football. And they'll tell you about, you know, May from UNC, JJ from Michigan, Dart from Old Miss. Uh, I think, Mike, you said you like Penix from Washington. So there, there are some guys. By the way, if you don't know this, <laughs> Penix probably has nine, ki- uh, 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 nine kids. He's been in college for six years. Six years this dude has been playing hey, college. He has football. nine kids. He could. At, he's probably thirty. Oh, oh! I thought I was like, man, what the fuck? How did he, he really meant? Yeah. No, <laughs> statistically, he'd have he's to. A, like, he's got an Antonio Cromartie situation going on. Yeah. No, sarca- sarcasm. The guy's the guy's been in college football for six years. Okay. All right. Like Case Keenum. Was why was he in? Case Keenum was at New Age for like eight he's, years. But fans saying Penix is still old. He's at, he's actually really not that old. I mean, he's he's going to be 24 next year. But I mean, a lot of quarterbacks end up getting drafted at 23. The thing is, though, I mean, the, the injuries are the serious concern with him, right? But what's impressive is that, and we had um, we had uh, Mike McFadden on to talk about him because he played with him in 2020. He has revived two programs. He brought Indiana to almost win the Big Ten, which was insane in 2020, and then he brought Washington who's probably going to make the college football playoffs. I Like, it is nuts. And by the way, two years ago, Washington was losing to Montana. Yeah, Washington, it's funny because they, they do have that up and down type of profile where they're good one year and then they stink two years and they're good again. And Penix has, has definitely survived and flourished in two programs. There are five or six good QBs out there. It might be the year that you draft a quarterback, even if, they don't start right away. The, the Giants being one of many teams that need it, that potentially need a quarterback. I, I don't. I don't think they start them right away. I mean, this is going to sound awful, but I would draft the quarterback. And even though Nick, you know Jones is going to be walking out there like this, it's kind of like, hey Jones, why don't you go out there and take a couple more hits while we're still trying to build this? Let's see if this O line works first. Yeah, yeah. And if and if Jones doesn't want to do it, I'll, I'll take forty million dollars to just stand behind the offensive line for a year. I'll do it. It's cool. <laughs> Yeah, right. No doubt. Yeah, there's good. It's going to be an interesting year because you know, like, as soon as it starts coming around, these guys look good in shorts and t-shirts. They're pro days. It's so hard to determine. Zach, does Zach right? Wilson throw out the combine where he threw that like one crazy pass, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, he must be the greatest quarterback yeah. ever." Hey, he he did beat the Eagles yesterday. Yeah, he did beat the Eagles. He did. Facts. Facts. 
you know, you know he's the greatest quarterback ever. Screw it. Well, I was wondering what your opinion was on JJ. You know, you know, he's getting a lot of pub. He's going to be a top five pick probably. He'll, he'll probably be top ten, I think. And I'm not saying this because he's he's like a he's a Michigan guy, but um, he doesn't really like wow me with the playmaking abilities behind the pocket. He has a really good arm. He's a very very good arm, but like the ability to get out of the pocket, the ability to like run for it on a couple yards. You know, I don't know. I mean, he hasn't really been challenged with a lot of uh, competition yet, but. You know, we'll see. I mean, we do know of a Michigan quarterback who turned out to be a phenomenal quarterback in the NFL. So, yep. Hey, look, I'm I, I'm a Big Ten guy like you, but I really like the kid from Ole Miss. I really like Dart. I mean, he went in there and threw for 650 yards versus Alabama and LSU the last two weeks. Like, you know, there are some QBs out there that can sling the rock. So, one way or another, there's going to be an opportunity. Do you have the draft picks, you know, to be able to be that far up? If the Giants win seven games, that's not going to happen. I'm and just, yes, I'm just real quick. 12. I'm just imagining. Uh, wait, wait, what's that, Alex? I said or twelve games. Just imagine I love the glass house. Win twelve. Glass house. Not glass out. I'm, I'm just imagining the entire Giants offense outside of like uh, Andrew Thomas and uh, Saquon showing up to the facility like on January 5th and trying to like scan in, and it's not it's not working. And Shane just standing there with like two middle fingers, like, "Listen, guys." Sorry, we had to make some tough decisions. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I, yeah. I don't think. What? Wait, wait. Thomas on the outside looking in? No, no, no. He's the one that gets through. Oh, him and Saquon get to go in the building. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's gonna be a tough. It's gonna be a tough. Like I said, rest of the season. I'm rooting for him. I want to. Cole says maybe six games. Like I, I'd like to see him win a couple games. You know, Alex maybe a touchdown at this point. Can we just freaking see a touchdown? I would do that. Yeah. Oh my lord! It's it's incredible too, guys. And I know we're just killing it, but like, one thing I'll give Tyrod. He went he went you know deep a little bit. Like, couldn't we just get a pass interference call? Couldn't we just throw the ball down the lot well, and get no, a pass interference call? Well, that's what I always we say. That's why I get pissed with Kafka for not like taking more shots. It's like, listen. All these curl routes are pretty dangerous. Why don't you just lob one deep and just see what happens? Flags get thrown all the time. Yeah, I mean, Slayton usually comes down with it. Hyatt's got some good hands. Throw the ball down the field. Yeah. What an idiot. We've never we lost a game this season. I'm kidding. But, but, I mean. We, we haven't lost this season when we scored a touchdown. Act. So, all we got to do is score a touchdown. We're going to win. Have we only scored a touchdown in one game. Oh no, you're I'm wrong because we scored against the Dolphins. We just didn't do it on offense. Oh, when our God. offense scores a touchdown, we're undefeated this season. Facts. There we go. Dude, how is let me by the way, and what we can we can put a bow on it right there. That what you just said is so disheartening. I yeah. I, I don't even know really where, where to go with that. You're telling me that like outside <laughs> the Arizona game, the only touchdown we've scored is defensively. I don't think I've even I think I've mentally blocked that out. Yeah. I just put yeah, that in there too. Yeah, again, to go back to our earlier argument, this is why I'm, I am not anti-Jones. I just kind of like look at this. I'm like, all right, everybody who wears an offensive number, please stand, rise, and leave through the exit doors and shut the door. And I don't care if you are an offensive line ball boy. I don't care if you are the quarterback coach. I don't care what you do. Just if, if you're an offensive personnel, leave. Leave the building. I honestly, I'm not even kidding, Alex. I didn't even think about it till you just said it. So, all right, you know what? I'm going to wrap it up with this. Could We've be- been trying to wrap up for a while now. Let's just I know. Keep going. It's true. We can't so, even leave this to YouTube anymore. This has been going on for so I long. know. 
I mean, is Kafka really that bad? Like, is it, is it, is it like game? I know. Don't get me wrong. They're still pro athletes, right? Like, are we just like, yeah, I think so. Like, there's just no way. That's why I kind of sit here. It's like, look, I don't, you're you're right. He's going to totally go to the next, you know, team and be a great offensive coordinator, then take over Northwestern, make them a dominant program. I, I, but I, I sit here. It's like, listen, if we're not scoring points, how can we be like, you know, hypothetically, like Jones, you leave, but you know, Kafka, you could stay. You got the keys. I, like that's why I'm just like everyone, get the hell out unless you can block. Again, how, how did it go so wrong though, from year to year? What felt? Where did the wheels come off? The wheels came off in 2019 after Shermer left. Is when the offense started to like just plaguingly suck. But that I mean, would even twenty. Oh, sorry, guy. That would tell me it's scheme because you're talking about Shermer's scheme. I think it's scheme. Apparently, the Giants' O line wasn't that bad that year. I don't remember it, but I looked at the offensive line rankings, and 2019 was not that bad of an offensive line year. Hey, it still could have been better. It wasn't perfect. It was still Shermer with the awful halftime adjustments, and we would go out there with leads and just blow it. Um, well, Bobby Johnson gets fired tomorrow. Does anything change? Because that that cat has definitely got to be a part of the problem. He's got to be. He's got to be. But I will say this: like, I don't. I just don't even know anymore. Like, what a coach's impact is. Because here, here's a. I'll give you a coach. We had Flaherty, right? Who's that uh, offensive line coach we had for forever? There, Flaherty. Pat, Pat Flaherty. Yeah, he's he's actually mm-hmm. he's old as time, but he's the Rutgers uh, offensive line coach now. But here's the thing: like the Giants. Offensive line decline kind of started under him. He oversaw the greatest offensive line in Giants history. I'm sorry, but the the 20, 2007 to 2010 stretch was better than any O line ever. Oh, the they 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 dominated. They dominated. But then starting 2011 with Boss, and the 2012 and 2013, like it slowly got worse. Like I don't know, I don't know what to point it to anymore. We can't draft right. We don't sign right. We don't coach right. We don't look right. They're ugly. All right. How about this? Ready? When the GM changes, everything changes except one thing. Scouts. Evidently, we still have the same scouts because Mara Mara does not let the scouts go. Yeah, I have. I Well, who are the scouts that are still around? Because I know that last year, like a lot of the personnel that did the drafting was the same. That was under Gettleman. So why would we not have changed the scouts? Evidently, like... Like Shane's not allowed to get rid of the scouts or something like that. Cause the scouts basically you're handling, Hey, these are the guys you should go recruit. Maybe it's literally that we are working on an antiquated scouting department. That If that is the case. And that I don't know for sure. That's what I had heard. No, I just typed in like giants scouts. I pulled up one guy. Uh, hold up. Giant scouts scrolling down. No one's going anywhere. Everyone stay here forever, including the fans. Uh, George, George says, Munchak, Callahan, anybody but Bobby Johnson. Here's one. Jeremy Bright, national scout. He's been with the team. He's been on the Giants for 18 years. Oh, my God. There's your problem. That's Marcus, it. Marcus Cooper, sixth year with the organization. He's transcended the team. Wait, well, six? Six team. Nine years. Oh, my God. I didn't realize how bad of an issue this was. Nine years isn't as bad as 18, dude. Yeah, like, what? Well, <laughs> um, no, I'm not drafted. 18 years is a marriage, and that's only three out of five do that. 
All right. Now that I know this in all honesty, uh, I, that is a huge, huge red flag on Mara's ownership. I had no idea. I had no idea. It's just something that I had learned a couple of years ago that stuck with me that, that, that Shane comes in, changes everyone, does all this great stuff, but we're still sitting on these same scouts. Alex, the scouts got to make a difference, don't they? Uh, 100%, yeah. Yeah, so there's got to be some changes made. Alex is like, man, I'm done talking Giants. They suck. I can't do no, it anymore. No, no. We're going to win out. Very in Dude, on the Giants right now. I'm going to tell you right now, like – I'm going to buy Alex a brand new car if they went 12 and 5. That'd be sick. I'll buy you. Just talk I, to yourself I mean, into it and you'll believe anything, you know? Brand new used car. Dude, I'll take, I would I'll, like I'll take to a used car. Myself. Listen, I would like to talk to myself and stuff, but it's very secular. All right? Like, I want to blame the defense, but they're on the field the whole time because the offense is three and out. I want to blame the offense, but the defense can't get any turnovers. Like, every – like I said, it's a team. And the team has issues. It's really not one guy. As much as Jones sucks, so does the line. And so does, like, you know, the, you know, like, we got no sacks. And, like, we yeah, want to. Again, get- again, everybody who plays offense and sign Andrew Thomas and Saquon, please stand up. Please exit the building. Thank you very yeah. much. Have a nice day. It's tough, dude. It is really tough. You can't score freaking touchdowns, Craig. Touchdowns. We're watching field goal wars. I think we should just throw the ball down the field because 50% of the time we'll get pass interference. Screw it. Let's just riot. Everybody hop in the car. Up. Just well, I can't yeah. pick any of you up. That's a really far distance. But we'll just go to the Meadowlands and we'll throw chairs through the windows and be like, get rid of this scouting department, you incompetent rats. 18 years, dude. 18 That's years. Wild. You probably drafted Eli and then got the keys to, you know, to life after that one. Unless everybody <laughs> has pictures of Marin nude. It's like everybody, everybody in the organization. Once you get one of those nasty photos of him in some, you know, skimpy outfit, they just you know, their jobs <laughs> are there forever, man. You want to coach special teams? Screw it. Collect a pension. I mean, good lord, dude. We we have an hour and forty minute show. It, like like no one, no one is going to listen to an hour and forty minute show about a loss. I might listen to it. The I'm doc was good again. Though. Yeah, the doc was, yeah. Cool. we had a doc in the middle of this. We did have a doc who knows who knows a ton about spine surgery and disc surgery. So, um, all right. Well, look, Wednesday rush hour. It is your preview show. That's Alex. That's Spartan Mike. He's back from vacation. He does not hate Daniel Jones. Alex is going to get a new car because we're going to go twelve and um, five um, because that's that arrangement we just made. Um, yeah. What else can I tell you? Um, I need you guys to check out. Oh, Half the comment section is unemployed too. That's not nice, Jay. <laughs> you saying that Man, flipping burgers yes, though? Is it better than flipping burgers? Flipping burgers, dude. According to Evan Neal, we're flipping burgers. That's right. We all flip burgers. <laughs> By the, the way, lion, the lion does not care about the opinion of sheep. We'll no, go. so Evan Neal won't listen to this, the the three sheeps right here talk about. By the way, tag him even, be, even better yet, he's never. <laughs> yeah, tag him. He's never eaten hamburgers the rest of his life because they're spitting in his food. Oh, like, I mean, absolutely! Like, <laughs> that, that dude is is now a vegan. His PR, his PR manager must have been like, "Oh crap, Evan, how could you possibly, possibly said, you know what the best thing to say right now is after I'm sucking wind and not doing my job, 
call the entire NFL fan base a bunch of burger flipping sheep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that'll, like, that'll yeah. give you a trick. You know, his, his refrigerator is just full of tofu right now. <laughs> oh, it's got to be now. Yeah. Can you imagine that dude showing up to like White Castle or Burger King and being like, yeah, I'll take it. And everybody like got clubs in their hands. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right <laughs> in there. People got pitchforks and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Evan Neal's running out in the parking lot. He's got a big mob following him. <laughs> Shame. Shame. Yes. Shame. Throwing stuff hey, at him. But hey, the lion doesn't care what the sheep thinks. Yeah, well, the lion can't do a kick step and block. <laughs> oh, man, he takes that third yeah, step. That out. It is over. The lion, the lion sleeps, man. Pew's the guy, man. Go pew. Pew is a real lion. Pew pew. All right, gentlemen. Um, Let's finally end this damn show. Just turn it off. Don't say anything. Just end it. Ending it. See you guys next Monday. Peace out. Go.